Okay, Chodesh Tov. Finally, we get into a new month after all the stress of this past month. Mama, she was stressful with everything in the world. Everybody. I, just on the side, uh, the one thing that's really changed with what happened is that every guy in the world now has to give his opinion. Or he's pro-Palestine or not. Because everyone now knows about us more. Even though it was like, the guy in the Punjabi in the mountain there, he had no idea what a Jew was. But now he got, he got his attention, what's Palestine, what's Israel. So everybody has to give their view. So you can have a scenario where a Jew is going go on the bus in New York. And then some pro-Palestine guy starts off with him, you, 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 you. And so another guy goes to him, what are you making fun of him? And they start fighting against, amongst themselves. And the Jew can go along doing his business. Nothing to touch him. That's how it's reached. Unbelievable. That's the big change now. So we just want to start off with a nice joke to make everybody happy because it's so important to be happy, especially by telling jokes, okay? So two, two stupid jokes. How does a Pollock scratch his back? <laughs> that was, that was, that was, you're supposed to laugh because it's stupid, okay? Another joke. Joke. Do these Polacks or Kurdi? What do you guys know? Do they know Kurdis? No, they don't know Kurdis. They're Americans. A Polak? Okay, there was a Polak. He had a, a major pain in the head. And he goes to the doctor. The doctor says, I can't check like this. We have to do a MRI. We have to do a scan. We have to do like a whatever. So he said, okay, so let's do a scan. <laughs> so they do an MRI. And they come out and say, listen, we see absolutely nothing in your head. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing in your head. We have to open up to see why there's nothing in your head. He said, okay. So they, they do surgery. They open up the, the skull. And they see Mama's nothing in his head, except for like a thin, thin, like a thread, cord, from right to left. The surgeon didn't know what it was. He cut it, and the guy's ears fell off. <laughs> All right. That's the thing. All right. This is the main way. Rabbi Nachman teaches telling jokes, even stupid, silly jokes. If it makes you laugh, it's worth it. Because from this type of simcha, happy attitude, say you feel funny now. You feel like uh, it was good. So this leads you to a true simcha, Bezat Hashem. All right. Before we continue with that, an insight on the parsha. And before we go into the parsha, just a perspective of what Rabbi Nachman, he expresses in one beautiful lesson, Likut Imran, Lesson 24. He says, Rabbi Nachman there, that it's the tendency of every human mind, every brain, to run after light. Everyone is looking for light in life. Okay, some people find it in Hollywood, some people find it in business, okay? Most Jewish people who are observant will find it in the Torah, okay? And there's endless levels of light, and the, the tendency of this light is that as you start running after it, it starts running away from you. It pushes you to run after it, and you can't reach it, okay? So now, this light, he says, is never attainable. It's only attainable in a format called by the Zohar, Mate, Vela Mate, which means reaching and not reaching. Meaning what? Rav Nosen explains, Rav Nachman's disciple, Rav Nosen explains, that you have in life situations where you have a big, intense light, and it's like a zap, it could be at a rock concert, it could be in Meron Lagbaomer, it could be at somebody's wedding, it could be in a kumzitz with Yuda Green, I don't know, and all of a sudden people start flying, and they say, whoa, I'm never going to forget that the rest of my life, or, or a trip down the Himalaya, skiing down the Himalayas, I don't know, each person has a different way of experiencing this light, and what's left of the person is called a reshimu, in the Kabbalah they call it an, an impression. You have an after effect, an aftermath, and it's up to you to follow it, okay? So now, the majority of people in the world, they follow false aspirations. The light they have is in the wrong direction anyways. So they run after it and ending up with, unfortunately, a dead end. Because like Rabbi Nachman teaches and the Gemara teaches and the Midrash and everything, that this world is only in itself is a dead end. This world in itself is a dead end. So that if that's the case, why am I here? Because if now you're in this world and you connect it to the world to come, this world has the greatest meaning in the world. There's nothing greater in the world than a Jewish Shabbos table, than Yom Kippur, than the Shofar. When you realize the, 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 the big eternal perspective of what you can do in this world to connect to Hashem, that's lasting. It gives meaning to this world. Yes, the, the kosher, chalav Yisrael, Dunkin' Donuts, and all the food from the Gashmiut, and the nice Porsche, and the nice big house in suburban Muncie, where I can do Achnasat Archim and everything, where I'm taking the Gashmiut, but it's always connected with Yiddishkeit, if you're lucky, that is, if you're lucky to do that, okay? Because a normally person already has the Porsche and that. He already forgot about Hashem, unfortunately, after whatever, 10 years. 
Normally, if you can connect the world to come to this world, it gives the meaning, okay? But back to us now. The tendency of every Jew, every person, is to run after this light, okay? Now, he, see, he, see, he explains, Rabbi Nachman, the only way that you can run after it and to reconnect to it is if you have true, genuine simcha. If you have true simcha, which is what you're going to be tested with in life, then you can reconnect to this light, Hazrat Hashem. It'll always be in touching and not touching, always. But it happened once 10 years ago, I want that light again. I want to reconnect to it that again. The way that I can reconnect to it in a more positive manner and more meaningful is if I'm besimcha. Why? So he explains, Rabbi Nachman, that this light doesn't let you in just like that. No, no, no. You need prerequisites. You want that light? We have to see how much you deserve it, how much you earned it, how much you're ready to receive it. What's the test? So he says you experience what's called a betisha. A betisha, in other words, is a smack in the face and you're pushed backwards. You're pushed backwards. You have setbacks in life. Everything's going wrong. What's going on? I had a plan. I thought this A, B, C, D was going to happen. I thought I was going to get married and have kids and have a family and Tawrat Mishpacha and the Cheder and this and everything just fell on my face and this and that and all this balagan. What in the world's happening? You make like a, a goal, an aspiration to make a, a decision, everything, and you have setbacks. Each person in a different way. I'm just giving an example of the marriage, but each person has setbacks in a different way. What's the thing there? The test there is how you handle the setbacks. If now... You're someone who's always working on the midah of simcha. And no matter what, priority in my life is simcha. No matter what. If it takes telling jokes, I'll tell jokes. Okay, if it, te- if it takes uh, dancing and music, I'll do that. If it takes now finding my good points, if it takes now think- thinking thanks to Hashem, whatever it takes to be in a positive perspective, I'm going to do it. And that's priority. That's above everything else. Above everything else. Such a person now who works a lot on the midah of simcha, so whenever he's hit with a setback, he has better chances of taking it better than other people. Plus, plus, if you know and you believe, you have emuna, that the setback is part of the process. That's the whole thing. Most people, they think the setback is like, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off route now. <laughs> I'm, off the, I'm off the grid. That's the word. I'm off the grid. I'm off the grid. That's it. It's, it's finished, right? Most people in the world, when things go wrong, I'm off the grid. I'm off the grid. The, the Midrash tells a story of some Chachamim. They were invited to a, a, a Goy, like a wealthy uh, Roman was making a big, big festive meal. He was marrying off a child, whatever. And he was close to the Chachamim and he invited the sages. And they were, they were they, I don't know if they ate, whatever, but they came and everything was gold and lavish and everything. And, you know, they were there, and the host was happy to see these Jewish chachamim come and everything. And, and the, the waiters were serving this very expensive food and everything. And one tiny thing went wrong in the food. And the goy, the, the, this Roman, uh, very wealthy guy, he got so upset, he took one of the big golden tables and he smashed it. And the chachamim said, what is this? He said, you guys have the world to come. So even if there's imperfection in this world, it's okay because you guys are working for the world to come. But all we have is this world. So if it's not perfect, then I have nothing to live for. And he smashed the table. The Midrash illustrates us that we're living for a, a, a bigger completion. Shleimut in this world, forget it. There's no Shleimut in this world. right? The only thing that's complete in this world is the Torah. The Torah is complete. And our goal is as much as possible to connect to this Shleimut Bezat Hashem by observing the Torah, learning it, holding by it. And there's tons of ups and downs. And even the ups and downs are part of the picture. Okay, once Rabbi Nachman said a very extreme statement. He said, if you're already eating pig, <laughs> at least don't let it drool down your beard. <laughs> In other words, if you've fallen already, don't say, if I've fallen, don't just fall the way. No. You have some limitations. You keep your pants on, you keep my beard on. Some people, they fall, they say, they, they say, if I fell this low, so why should I keep my beard on? Why should I make fun anymore? Why should I, why should I keep a... No, that's, that's Yiddishkeit. It's, a, a down is part of the picture. And especially when you are looking for this light, when you're looking for this holy light, so you, you know that the setbacks are part of the picture, so you take it in the, the positive vein, which is what? Being besimcha. That I'm not, I'm not pushed by the setback. I just get back up, Okay, okay, I spent down, time down, I was drunk, I was down, I was heavy, I was upside, mumbled. I even lashed out. But because you're training yourself so much on simcha, 
So as a reflexive attitude, you go as instinct to go back to know that I have to work on Simcha as the key to start again, Bezat Hashem. Okay? So also, in the also when you know everything happens for the good. Well, that's that's it's not, that's that's high noach. This is the same idea. Right. In this case, where it's part of the picture, so obviously it's for the good. <laughs> when you know it's for it's for the it's it, the setback is for the next. It's a prerequisite for advancing. So for sure it's for the good. In the Kabbalah, this force <laughs> of the light that pushes you back is from this level called the Keter. In the Kabbalah, there's what's called the Keter which is above the Sefirot. There's Sefirot underneath. It's called Ten Sefirot underneath. And Keter is considered like an above Sefirot. It's an interface between what's called the Sefirot. What are the Sefirot, by the way? Sefirot are the divine levels of energy that Hashem used to create in the world. So when the Torah teaches, when Pirkei teaches that Ba'asara Ma'amarot the world was created out of ten utterances. In the, in the, the book of Bereshit, you have, and the Lord said, let there be, let there be light, let the Lord said, let there be. You count them, there's really nine. And there's one called Ma'amar Satum, there's a hidden utterance. In, but the ten utterances that are mentioned in, in Parashat Bereshit are reflecting the ten levels of the spirit and energy, okay? So now, this, this tenth one, it's eleven, but it's really ten. Keter is, is an interface between Hashem's infinite light and us. The wave, the Keter is, it pushes you back. So Rabbi Nachman teaches, we learn this from another word, which is similar to Keter, in the book of Eov. In the book of Eov, Eov, as you know, he suffered tremendously. He was inflicted with leprosy and all monetary losses, and he was complaining, and he had his friends trying to come to console him, and he wouldn't accept consolation, and he was speaking against Hashem, and he was speaking, and they were trying to convince him. The only one who was finally able to convince him was the third friend, whose name is Elihu ben Berachel, who the Midrash says was really Yitzchak Avinu, connected to the Parsha. Yeah, it's funny, because Eov, when did he live? On one hand, they say he was one of the advisors of Pharaoh, and at the same time, he knew Yitzchak, so that's already like 300 years over there. Years plus, they say he was punished because he was one of the advisors for Paro. He told only the Jews wash and take their money away, so he was inflicted with leprosy. But one second, if, if he knew Yitzchak Avinu, so that means it took place before Egypt, so it's not clear when he lived. But the Midrash says that Elihu, Elihu means Elihu, he's my God, Ben Berachel, Berachel is Avram Avinu, Vashem Berach et Avram Bakol, Hashem blessed Avram with everything. So Berachel, he has the blessing of Kel. So Elihu Ben Berachel, who they say is Yitzchak Avinu, he was the only one who was able to convince. He tried three times. First argumentation, chapter 34 of Eov, he didn't accept it. Chapter 35, didn't accept it. Chapter 36, he started saying, Katar Li, Wait for me now to compose my thoughts and I'll even tell you better arguments. And this third chapter, 36, the third chapter of Eliu's arguments, he was able to convince Eov. Okay? And he said, wait for me. Wait for me to compose my mind. So this is not Hebrew. It's, it's Aramaic. It's the only verse in the whole book of Eov that's in Aramaic. The whole book of Eov is written in Hebrew. All of a sudden these words, Katar li ze'er. Katar is, is Aramaic, meaning for wait. Wait for me, katar li ze'er, a little, that's in Aramaic, and I'll answer you even better arguments, okay? So that's what he did. He argued, the arguments, by the way, of, of, uh, of Eliyu was that you can't try to rationalize and try to understand Hashem's ways. It's, it has to be with emunah. You have to put the sechel on the side and use emunah. That's what got to him. No one said that before. Eliphaz didn't say, Eliphaz was one of the three friends. He didn't say that. The second friend, the third one, Eliyu was able only this argument to get him. But Rabbi Nachman points out, Keter is like Katar, which means to wait. So that's exactly the thing. The Keter pushes you back, pushes you back. And what happens when you're pushed back? You're waiting. It's like you're waiting in the doctor's room. How long? Another hour. How long? Another two hours. You're waiting to advance. I want to advance. And they push you back. Oh, well, did I do something wrong, Hashem? I want to wake up at time for davening. I want to do Shemaratai Naim. I want to go to the mikveh every day. I want to learn Gemara every day. I want good things, Hashem. Why are you pushing me back? Well, well, I'm trying to do good things. Am I after trying to live like a goy? No. I'm trying to be a good person. And you're pushing me back? Yes. Why? Because that's the way to get in. Patience. Katar li... Okay? So Keter and Katar. Now, the Kabbalah also teaches every Sphira has a different type of name combination of Hashem which reflects that attribute of the name. 
So for example, you have Yud Kevavke, Hashem's famous name. Yud Kevavke is, he was, he is, and he will be. It's like all, includes in all time. And you have a few names, a few spherot that are connected to, to Yud Kevavke. Chesed is called Kel. Like a pasuk says, Chesed Kel Kolayom, the, the kindness of Kel. The name of Hashem called Kel is when Hashem is benevolent. The name for, the, the divine name of Hashem for Yesod, which is the sphera of the foundation of guarding oneself, is Shakai, Shaddai. Which means Shaddai. Person says, "I have my what's it called? I have my satiated. I'm, I'm I'm satiated. I don't feel like I'm always lusting and needing sexual desire. That's Shaddai. That's the name of Yisod. The name for Keter is called Ekeh, Alif He Yude, which translates as I will be, and that makes sense because Keter keeps you waiting. I want light, Hashem. Light, by the way, or or." Aleph Vav Resh. Aleph is 1. Vav is 6. Resh is 200. 207. Exact, exact gematria of Ein Sof. Ein Sof, the infinite light, is gematria or. Meaning what? Whenever you experience light in your life, wherever it is, if it's a Pink Floyd concert, I'm sorry to say that, or if it's like Bomer, or it's at some Vizhnitz Rebbe's uh, Mitzvah Tans, and if it's flying, I don't know. Wherever you're feeling, you're feeling a, an amazing hit alut, it's coming from the infinite light. It comes in different formats, of course, and we want the one that's within the ramifications of halacha, of Torah. Not that we're going out to, uh, like, uh, whatever. <laughs> we want it to be in the proper ramifications, etc. But all light you experience is coming from the infinite light. But it's unreachable. You're running after it, uh, and you can't, you can't get to it. That's how it is. But I want to connect to it. You want to connect to it? We'll let you connect if you're an expert in the waiting. We push you back, and you're waiting in the waiting room, and you're not going nuts, not eating your fingers. All right? Your mama, sh- you're, you're, you have the patience to wait. That's crazy. Most people can't do that. But most people can't wait. But that's the condition, okay? So, ekie, going back to what we're trying to say, means I will be. That's the name that Hashem revealed himself to Moshe, the snare, right? You remember? Ekie, ekie, asher ekie. Koto marlem, koto debelehem. Ekyeh is the one who sent out for you. What's Ekyeh? I will be. So on one hand, it's referring to Hashem. He will be Ekyeh, whatever that means. But it's a divine name for you. You are waiting to become. You're in waiting, Hamtana. You're in waiting mode. Waiting to become. Ekyeh. Okay? So it fits in. You're waiting for the, for the experience to happen. So I'm just living now for a future experience. I'm waiting for it to happen. So I'm connecting the present to the future. That's Ekir, okay? So now in this week's parsha, Hashem tells, this, today's Aliyah, Shlishi, Hashem tells Yitzchak Avinu, Yitzchak, it says, Vayira Av Baaret, there's a famine. So he figured, just like Avram Avinu went down to Egypt, I should go down to Egypt. Hashem says, no, you stay here. Stay here, okay? He, it says in the, in the parsha that he went already to Gerar, the city Gerar, in the land of Plishti. <laughs> Plishti, by the way, is Azan, Philistine, right? We're going to that also a little bit, okay? So he went down to Gerar, on his way, which is down like next to Azan, that, that, that section, southern Israel, on his way to Egypt. Hashem stopped him, he says, no, Gur Ba'aretz Azor. He went to Eretz Gerar, and Hashem says the same wording, Gur, Gimel Reish, we'll go into that also. Gur Ba'aretz Azor, stay here, okay? And, he, and Hashem said to him, and Ekyeh, Okay? And Hashem is saying, I will be with you and I will bless you. Rabbi Nachman shows in this Pasuk that Yitzchak mastered Ehyeh. As, as if the, you can read the verse like this. Don't, don't read it. Hashem is telling Yitzchak, I will be with you. Don't go. That's, that's the Pshat. On a deeper level, Hashem is telling Yitzchak, you've mastered Ekyeh. Why? Why? Because your name is Yitzchak. Why was he called Yitzchak? What did Rashi say last week's parasha? Hashem Atzchok. When he was born, he was born due to, and when he was born, a lot of laughter. Which laughter was it due to? When Hashem told Avram Avinu that you're going to have a son. So it says Avram was, he started to laugh. And Rashi points out, Avram's laughter was laughter out of thanksgiving. Wow. Thank you. I can't. Who would imagine, Hashem, you do such a kindness and a miracle for me at this age, 99, to have a, jo- a boy, and my wife, who's already old age, Sarah. And it says, by the tzchok of Sarah, 
Rashi points out it was out of mockery. Huh? I'm going to have a kid now. This old fogey, Avram Avinu, old fogey, but this old man, Avram Avinu, he's going to have a kid at this age. It, that was mockery tzchok. But Rashi points out the tzchok of Avram Avinu was out of thanksgiving. So that's what led to the tzchok, the laughter, that Yitzchak earned the name Yitzchak because of laughter. Plus, like Rashi points out in last week's parasha, sorry, the week before, Vayera. When he was born, there was a lot of laughter in the world. A lot of barren women gave birth. A lot of sick people got healed. A lot of laughter and joy was in the world. So Hashem is telling Yitzchak, you are a result of Simcha. You tzchok, you're called tzchok. Yitzchak is, even though Yitzchak, when you hear of Yitzchak, we think of dinim, severity, right? Pachad Yitzchak, the gvurot of Yitzchak, the, the dinim. But it's dinim, severity, rooted in joy. People think they have the wrong attitude. Then Yitzhak was someone like super serious. I like Esav. You know, I'm like... Uh. <laughs> Yitzhak had a simcha that led to his mastery of being able to handle any challenge. You want to make me blind? I can go blind. No problem. You want to do Akedah? I'm there. He wasn't scared for any challenge. Hashem, whatever you throw me, I know you love me. I know it's your will. I'm going to go all the way. And he was happy doing it. That was the Chidush. He, like it says, Rashi said on the Parshat Vayera, on the Akeda, they, w- they, w- they both went with Lev Shalem. Avram knowing he's going to shecht his son, and Yitzhak knowing he's going to be the one shechted, they went by Lev Shalem. So he had, a le- he had a simcha and a complete heart in doing the will of Hashem. So he had happiness. It, it, that happiness led him to the Gevura. That's a big thing that we need to turn in life. When we feel weak, so the chances are that we're not going to wake up in the morning. We're not going to handle the challenges. The guy said, okay, today I'm not eating any chocolate co- the donuts, everything. And, his, and he, falls in, he falls into eating. I'm not going to smoke a joint. And he falls in. Okay? <laughs> Why? Because his simcha is not strong enough to handle the deen that he wants to exercise. You got it? So the simcha, if you had enough simcha, you'd be able to handle the challenges. But because the simcha is not strong enough, so they say, I'm not, tomorrow I'm not going to cheat. And then he sees it, mm, and he takes it, and he puts it in his mouth, or he smokes the joint, whatever, because, because his simcha is not there to be capable to be a vessel for the severity of the test, of the, of the situation. His simcha is not matching it. What's needed is he needs to work on the simcha until it's such a level where he's so happy with himself, and send me any challenge. I don't, I, I'm okay, I can handle it. Unbelievable, okay? So Yitzchak, Hashem is telling him, Eheyeh imecha. Okay? Ekyeh, which is Keter, is with you. <coughs> but Rabbi Nachman says, that's not enough. He says there's what's called the bracha. To explain, he says in this lesson 24, an unbelievable lesson, he says that if now a Jew works on being besimcha, especially doing a mitzvah. First of all, why would you be besimcha doing a mitzvah? Because whenever any lowlife does a mitzvah, and also, especially if it's not a lowlife, if it's a tzaddik, I got the, the dog's askama. He would give the askama on that, okay? When anyone does any mitzvah, it's eternal. It's locked. It's locked in. It's locked in. It can't be taken away. It's eternal. You gave tzedakah 15 years, years ago when they came at your door. Oh, you, can you give to support our cause and getting food? That? And you gave one dollar and say, okay, get, get lost. And you gave a dollar then. It's marked forever. It's etched forever. When you put on the tefillin at the Kotel, you know, in 1997, it's marked forever. Whenever you did any mitzvah in life, it's etched. So why, why would I not be simcha? That's the whole thing. The reason why we're not happy when we're doing mitzvah because we're so preoccupied, preoccupied. <laughs> I'm thinking this, thinking that, thinking and the, the mind. I'm sorry to say, but these things they just ruined it. They're, you know, TikTok. Everything you, know, you can waste five hours on the toilet seat because you're just watching all the TikTok notifications and Facebook. You're wasting all your life, and 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 not just that. That what it, what it trains you to be technology. It trains you. There's no hamtana. There's no waiting. Everything has to be fast. I have to press the button. I want, you, want, you want to donate $5,000? No problem. I want one button. I don't want now. I have to fill in my credit card details and PayPal and send a check. I, no, no. I need a button right now. Okay? So everything is immediate. Everything has to be fast and fast and fast. And So there's no hamtana. And because there's no hamtana, so what do you expect that people are crazy today? When we see now how now the people are talking, we're going, we're going nuts on how crazy are people. You know, we see... Yeah, Anyone with a clear brain, you killed children, you killed women, everything, and then they're saying, you know, help protect us. <laughs> so anyone, if I, so why is it that people don't have a brain? Because they don't have yeshuvadat. They don't have calmness. If people had yeshuvadat, people had calmness, they would see clearly that there's a God in the world. 
that there's someone running the world. The reason why people don't see clearly, because they don't have Yishuvadat. So Rabbi Nachman calls it, you need a bracha. You need to have a bracha in this. Let's go further. The common, common difficulty in this generation, in the past generation, of hyperactivity. Hyperactive kids, hyperactive children. <laughs> he has to go on Ritalin, okay? And we never heard of these things like 50, 60 years ago. It's something new. Why, 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 I'm just as a funny thing, but why is it so common, hyperactivity? Because probably, like the, the, the Gemara says, there's Tesha Midot, there's nine Midot. The, the, the way p- the parents think at the time of conception, that influences the child. So probably assume that the parents say, okay, let's go, let's get on with it. So they're fast in conception, so automatically the child's hyperactive, because I always conceived was hyperactivity. You understand? The parents were hyperactive. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, come on. Let's do the mitzvah ready, let's finish ready. And Mazda, where we are, I'm pregnant, and then nine months says the baby, and then there the, you go grows up and he be like, I'm just saying that people are lacking calmness. It's crazy. So he says, Rabbi Nachman, you need a bracha So what does that mean? It's a bracha. What does that mean? As many psychologists you might go to and medications and, psych- and, psych- and psychologists and therapists and everything, if there's no bracha from Shemaim, it's not going to work out. He's saying clearly, it's a bracha. The translation of bracha means a blessing. What does it mean, blessing? That it comes from above. He says, Rabbi Nachman, by working on being the simcha, you activate what's called the brikata sechel, the blessing of the intellect. You activate bracha, and now it's your choice if you're a bal nefesh, if you're someone who's concerned about the ultimate purpose in life, you will choose a sechel. Like, Hashem told Shlomo Melech, I want to give you a choice. Do you want wisdom, or do you want anything else? So Shlomo said, I want wisdom. Why? Because if I have wisdom, I automatically have everything. Right? Dat kanita, machasarta. Dat chasarta, makanita. If you have dat, you have everything else. You're not lacking. And if you don't have dat, you can have the nice Lamborghini living husband. If there's no dat, <laughs> there's nothing. Okay? <laughs> right? So, so if someone is, is a bal nefesh, it means he's concerned about his purpose in life, he will seek the blessing of intellect. But Rahman says, it's not enough. <clears throat> intellect alone is dangerous because you can get misled. If Nashem opens my mind, and now anywhere in open the Gemara, I understand like that. Tosfot, I understand. Rosh, Rifran, Zohar, Kitve Ari, I, everywhere open. If there's no Emuna, it's, it has no value. It's dangerous. So he says you have to fill the Sechel with Emuna. You fill, you have to join Emuna, which comes from a higher level. Emuna, the definition of Emuna is that which is beyond you. So when I have Emuna joining my Sechel, meaning what? I'm learning Torah, I'm advancing, but I know that what I'm touching is infinite. When I touch a page of Gemara, when I touch a Rashi, every word is infinite. Fine, my goal is to understand. But I made it that my goal is within the cup of Emuna, that this is endless. I'm entering a zone, like, a, a, like, a, like the Gemara says of the Kelev, the dog here, the Kelev, the dog who's just licking from the sea. I know I'm touching, the, it's infinite. So that's called learning of Emuna. So then he says, the next stage, if you're Zohar properly to learn Torah with Emunah, what does it mean to do it properly? That you're someone always working on being Bisimcha. Not to forget that. If you're working on being Bisimcha, always doing Mitzvot Bisimcha, so then when the Bracha is activated and you choose the Bracha of intellect and you join with Emunah, the next stage is that now a more refined Bracha comes, and that's called the blessing of the Miyashev Umisader of the Sechel, meaning Yishvadat, meaning calmness of the mind. You now are ready to be calm. We think, you know, dveikut and coming close to Hashem, you have to run, you have to work hard. It's true. To be a Jew, to make it in life, you have to put effort. No pain, no gain, right? You have to advance, you have to do. But it's a higher level when they tell you to stand now. To stay and wait. And in that waiting process, you can bypass and reach the highest levels. And even if you learn Shas and Gemara, Poskim for like a thousand years, you would not reach what you're reaching with the stage of the Hamtana. It's a higher level. It's the world of the Keter. The Keter, in a sense, is the fifth dimension of the Torah. There's four dimensions that we know. Pshat, Remez, Drash, Sod. Pshat is like the Gemara, Halacha, the simple meaning of the Torah. Remez are the hints that the Torah gives. Okay, and you derive the gematras and stuff like that. Pardes Drash is a darshan who brings out new ideas that are hidden in the Torah. You have to dig deeper to bring it out. That's a darshan. Sod is the Kabbalah, which is like a different ballgame. Above all four, there's the fifth dimension. The dimension of the Ein Sof, the Keter. Okay? In Yud Kevavke, 
you have a re- you have the hint to all five levels. Okay, going backwards, the last hey is like the pshat, the vav is the the remiz, the first hey is the drash, and the first the yud is the sod. Now, if you know a sofer when he writes a sefer Torah, on the yud is what's called kotza deot yud. There's a kotz, little kotz, a little when the sofer makes the yud. He has the, the spitz going upwards and there's a little tiny spitz on the top of the yud going down. It has to be very tiny or else it looks like a little chet. You can't make it too long. It has to be a spitz. That kotza od dalit is like the fifth dimension. That's the dimension of the keter. Okay? So now, the, the keter, this will, this will sum off of this a little. It's, it's a bit exciting. Okay? That's pretty clear. Now Yitzchak Avinu is the master because of his simcha. Now let's connect this to Rabbi Nachman a little. Okay? The term for keter is called pele. Bamufla mimecha altidrosh. Pele, okay? Pele means something which is, we're going to go into that, we're going to sing that afterwards. Is, is, uh, is what, what is wonder, when we say that when it's wondrous, it means it's, it's wondrously removed from me. It's beyond, it's beyond my capacity, my capabilities. That's what's called the pele. The keter, <laughs> the, the Zohar calls the keter mufla, amon mufla. The, the keter is called the pele because it's beyond your reach. It's true. As much as you work to perceive it, it runs away from you. It waits for you to be in a stage of hamtana by bashing you back. And once you accept it properly and you're ready, they know when you're ready, they let you experience what's called this light coming into the vessels you build by waiting. He says in that lesson 24, by bouncing back, you create what's called nine vessels. What is this nine? Just explain a little bit. We're not going to Kabbalah, just ideas, okay? <laughs> You have in your brain three sections, Chochmah, Bina, and Dat, okay? And it's the brain who's trying to experience this light. It's not an emotion, it's a perception. It's like a high, it's having a high, but the high is here in the brain, and you're running to perceive it. The Keter bashes your Chochmah, Bina, Dat. When it gets bashed, they get intertwined. So it becomes three times three equals nine. That creates nine vessels. So you have chokhmah bina dat, dat bina chokhmah dat. You have nine combinations here, okay? By multiplication. If now you have the proper simcha, so that when you have the setback, you're able to hold on, you're able to get back up. But we have a joke in Breslau, by the way. We drink seven up. <laughs> Why seven up? Sheva yipol tzadik vakam. Seven up. I fall seven. That's a, that's a breast of drink. That we know how to get up. That's the secret. That's, the, 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 that's a big thing. To know how to get up is a Tashem. If you hold on properly, they use these vessels to shine, but in a format like, like a moment, an experience, that you have another light, and that light gets you going again in life, Bezat Hashem. Okay. I lost track. Oh, man, I hate when that happens. Okay, fine. So, it's called Pele. This level is called Pele. Okay? Rabbi Nachman said about himself in the book Chaim Moran Sadiq, he said, Ani Ish Pele, Venishmati Pele Gado. He said, I'm a man of Pele, and my soul is even a greater Pele. So I have a, a, a explanation on that. In his lifetime, when he was alive, he was still removed by the other tzaddikim. In other words, they couldn't, get, they couldn't grasp him. He was in a different ballgame. In his lifetime, he said, I'm Ish Pele. While I'm alive, I'm considered a Pele. He had, if you take a look in the book, Chaim Oran Tzadik, he had arguments of other tzaddikim, students of the Baal Shem Tov, students of the Magid of Mizrit, students of Rav Michal of Zlotshov, how to envision the angel Metat. Okay? <laughs> this is what they're arguing about. How to envision the angel Metat. They had arguments with them. So one of, the, one of these tzaddikim, Rav Mordechai Neshchiz, or Rav Tzvi Ayav Alek, I forgot which one of the two, Mordechai Neshchiz, he said, you know, after speaking with Rabbi Nachman, arguing with him, before even I spoke to him, I thought I had no grasp of him. Now, I for sure see I have no grasp of him. And the emit is, we all should be embarrassed in front of him because he's in a totally different ballgame. Even Rabbi Nachman said about himself, everyone has to be by me for Rosh Hashanah. And no, other tzaddikim don't talk like this. No, no, no hakasha. Yiddish, another question against me. Rabbi Nachman writes, in other words, already people had many questions on the conducts that Rabbi Nachman was advising people to do. So already stuck out. So another question. He said about himself, another question against me. It's okay. In his lifetime, Ani Ishpele. And after his passing, Vinishmati Pele Gado. What am I trying to get to say by all this? That is a rule. It's a rule Rashi brings in Megillat Esther and it's in the Gemara many times and in the Midrash. Okay? That Hashem is Tamid Makdim Refua Lifne Maka. Hashem sends the healing before the malady. 
before getting hit, Hashem already sent beforehand the healing, okay? That was the case Rashi brought down with Esther and Mordechai, you know, that the whole thing that Mordechai overheard, Bigtan and Teresh, in a different language, Tarsi, Tarsian, and they caught that, he caught that they're planning to kill the king, so he was able to relay this to Esther, and she told Achashverosh that they're planning to and assassinate you, and he was able to stay on guard, and they, they wrote that down, thank you for saving my life, and he wrote it down in the Chronicles, they forgot about it. But that happened so that when the decree of Haman came along, so Achashverosh should start wondering, no one's telling what's happening, why Esther invited Haman, and no one's telling him, so that came as a Rufuah Lifnei Hamakam. That's one of the things Rashi says, okay? So too, before we get hit, Rabbi Nachman says this, and also in the book uh, Chaim Moran, which is an amazing book, by the way. If you want to really discover Rabbi Nachman, the, one, one of the most amazing books is this book called Sadiq in English, in Hebrew Chaim Moran. So he says that before Hashem sends down big tzaddikim to this world, you can manage to serve Hashem with the tra- traditional transmission of the Torah. All right, yeshivas, rabbanim, dole Yisrael, the way Torah has been transmitted for the past 2,000 years, even more, it's okay. But once Hashem sends big, big tzaddikim down to the world, so for the sake of free will to exist, comes down to the world an equal level of darkness that it's impossible to be saved from it unless you turn to these tzaddikim. You get drowned, okay? So now we now, if you take a look at the four exiles, Mitzrayim, remind me the second one, Bavel? No, Edom is the last one. Bavel, and then Yavan, Okay, and now Edom, and we're at the end of Edom. Each exile, if you want to say, corresponds to one of the levels of the Torah. So meaning, Pshat, the Jews in the time of Mitzrayim, they were holding at such a high level that the Pshat of the Torah was enough to give them the chayut and the encouragement and enthusiasm to, to survive and live as a Jew as Hashem demanded. They were such pure, compared to us, <laughs> pure neshamas in Egypt, etc., Compared to us, that the pshat, with all the hidden secrets in it, okay, that was hidden still. But the pshat was enough to give them chayu, that they can live with that. You can't compare us to a Jew born in Egypt or one of the grandsons of Yaakov Avinu, because they're on a different ball game altogether, on their level of clarity and purity, compared to what we've gone through after 2,000 years in Galut, you know, it's a big difference, okay? So the pshat is strong enough to maintain them. So the first Galut, of Mitzrayim, you had the pshat. Then came the Galut of Bavel, where this Bilbul, Bilbul. So the Pshat is no longer enough. Okay, what's needed is the nether level of the Torah. And that's the Ramazim, that you want to give Chayut to a Jew, give hints, and give him excitement. Wow, you see this connection here and there? That builds the Emunah. So in Bavel, was added the dimension of the Remez. And then came along Yavan, which is Hanukkah, right? Yevin Metzulah. Like you're in quicksand drowning. So I need darshanim. I need the drash of the Torah. Because drash is like from a histaklut of a perspective, like a bird's eye view. When it gives you just a reminder of the whole hashkafa. When you're learning Gemara too much, and you, sometimes you forget about Hashem. They have this expression, you know. The guy's thinking so much of the Gemara, he has no time to think about Hashem. Because you need sometimes to step out to remind yourself, why am I learning Gemara? Why am I learning Torah? Why am I killing myself? You need a drush perspective to remind you of what you're doing, okay? Now, Edom, which is blood and killing and pogroms and galut and everything, that's the Kabbalah, the Sod. The Sod, right? The, the, the Sod, Rabbi the, Shemar Baruchai's beginning of Revelation was in the time of Baicheni, of the Romans, okay? It was kept st- stagnant, if you want to say, till the Arizal came. The Arizal came at a time, Mamash, after the Inquisition, and the, the, the world Torah jury at the time, the super center of Torah jury, was in Spain until 1492, and it was a mess. When there was the Gerush of, of, of Spain, it was such a big mess that all three levels of the Torah were not enough. People were thirsty for, for Pnimiut. I need more inner part of the Torah. That was the Kabbalah search. That's why it came widespread and, it sh- and when the Arizal became revealed, it shot like wildfire. That the Rabbanim were scared. They say that the, the Marashal and, and the Ramah, they wanted to put on the, the, the Arizal Kherim. They, they were so scared. They said, what is this? But after it was proven that he was an authentic tzaddik and it's true and it's necessary, Okay, so built up. Until came along Shabtai Tzvi, Jacob Frank, well, they saw now you can misinterpret it. So people got scared again. Now we're in the final stage. We're the, the final letter of the, the Yud, the Kots of the Yud now. Right before Mashiach, where now we have to go beyond Kabbalah. We have to go beyond Kabbalah, and that's the level of the Pele, the Keter. Which means, 
We understand now why this generation is hit so much with lack of clarity. And especially, like I said, the, the smartphone, internet technology, there's no hamtana, which is matching the pele, the keter. So matching that, we need Yishuvadat. And it's no wonder we're having so many setbacks now, like never, our great-grandparents didn't have the setbacks we're having in our lives. It's crazy. What we're going through today, like the Gemara says in Sota, no, no, I don't want to be in the generation before Mashiach comes, the rabbis in the Gemara. No, 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 I'm not going to. What we're going through now, compared to what we hear about our grandparents and 200 years ago, it's nothing. In other words, what they went through is nothing compared to what we're going through. They went through pogroms. It's what we're going through that they're frying our brain from inside. You know, the <laughs> Medame, the Robocop, I don't know, it's like a Matrix. I don't know what they're doing. They're mamash, you know, keep you in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a hooji-booji dimension and, and keep you in a sleep mode and, and you're just in an imaginary world. So we have no choice but to use the Pele. So going back to the parasha, Ekei Mecha and so, so just to back to, I, 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 did I go too far? Am I, am I okay? Are we okay? We can continue. So what did Yitzchak do? He didn't go to Mitzrayim, but he went down to Plishtim. So Rashi says, isn't Plishtim, Palestine, part of Eretz Yisrael? So Rashi points out, you can see in the parsha, that it's not part of Shivata Amamim. Plishtim is not from Eretz Kanani, Prizich, it's not the Yevusi, it's not, it's all listed from the seven. So it's like an in-between Eretz Yisrael. Rashi says that. The commentaries in Rashi say that. It's not exactly 100% Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Plishtim, but it's not 100% Chutzlar. It's something in-between. It's, it's, it's a danger zone because it has in-between. So Rav Nosen explains what's Plishtim. What's Plishtim? If you want to pick up the message of what happened, what happened to us on Simchat Torah, what is the plishtim? These Arabs are called plishtim. Rav Nosen says plishtim is from the Lashon, if you remember in Masechet Eruvin, mefulash. Mavui mefulash. You remember that Lashon? Yeah. What does mefulash mean? Yeah. Mefulash means it's open from end to end. It's opened. There's no closure. No. So Rav Nosen, no gate? No, no, no gate. Mefulash means it's like a, a mavui that's open. An alleyway, it's an opening here. Open here. So you need to put a lechi or a korah. You have to make a sign for the Eruv. You remember that? In Masechet Eruvin, it's called mefulash. Mefulash means open from end to end. So what does that mean? Plishtim is mefulash. So Avnosan says on a pasuk from Parashat Beshalach that it says that when the Jews left Egypt, v'lo nacham elokim derech eretz plishtim ki karovu. And Hashem didn't lead the Jews out of Egypt derech land of plishtim, which is the most logical way to take out the Jews from Egypt. Here's Egypt. Here's the, 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 the seashore of Eretz Yisrael which is Plishtim and you're running to Eretz Yisrael why all this way all around Hashem didn't lead them to land the Plishtim and the Torah says why because it's close so what that it's close so the Pasuk goes on to say because if the Jews began to have regrets for leaving <laughs> ah, it's, and it's not for us so they'll easily go back because it's so close so they easily go back so what does Hashem do he makes it that there's Hamtana waiting and waiting and waiting it's supposed to be like uh, 11 days or something right instead it's 40 years they're waiting and waiting and waiting instead of going straight so why the waiting? Because that's the only way to come to Eretz Yisrael, which is the light of the Keter. Eretz Yisrael has the light of the Keter, of Eke. These are the only names associated with the, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. So the Jews had to go on a waiting, waiting period because to train them to see if they're ready and they're holding on all this time, okay? So Plishtim, Rav Nosen says, is Mefulash. What does that mean? Those type of people, I just want the light. I just, I'll do anything for the light. If it means to take a high and the drugs, I'll take, I just want that light, okay? Mefulash means no bounce backs. I want the light on condition that there's no setbacks. No, no, no. So that's, that's Plishtim. Okay, going back to Yitzchak. So what did he do, Yitzchak? He lived in Eretz Grar. Why Grar? So the Midrash says, we know that Avraham Avinu was Megayer Gerim. Avraham made converts. And Yitzchak also made converts that's why the city is called Grar. Why is it called Grar? Because he made converts. Gerim from Nashon Grar. Plus, when it says the whole Torah this week's Parsha goes into the whole story of the, of the Mayanot, the springs that Avram Avinu dug open and the Plishtim covered them up and, and Yitzchak tried to dig open the wells again. Right? So Rabbi Nachman explains this idea. The idea of the wells is the wellsprings of the Torah. And the Plishtim covered it up. Why did the Plishtim cover it up? Because when a person has an attitude of mifulash, you see this, you see that sometimes these balchuvas or these people are on a spiritual high and you know they're going to crash very soon. Why? You see they're going, they're going high, going high. You have the guy coming to the shul 
right? He buys an aliyah, and he's screaming, Baruchu is Hashem HaMivarach! And everyone does like, you know, <laughs> you know, he's not, you, see, you feel this guy's not going to last that long. He's not going to last longer than a month. I give him one month. With that attitude of trying to be what's called ribuy or too much light, you give him one month, two months. It's sad. How many people I saw that came to Restive, you know, they got the long pious and they got bored and they got the big strimal. And 10 years later, I see him look like five earrings, clean shaven. Yeah, man, what happened? I wasn't there. <laughs> what do you mean what happened? I know what happened. You were rushing too, too, too fast. You were after the light. You didn't want to accept the betisha. So what happens when you have the betisha? Like Rabbi Nachman said, if you eat pork, don't let it ooze. But these people, they eat pork and they let it ooze. And go, if I'm going, I'm going all the way down. They crash all the way. So what happens? Who covered over the mayanot that Avram and Yitzchak were trying to dig open? Dafka plishtim. Because plishtim is mefulash. Someone who's a mefulash person, who just wants the light and no boundaries, danger, danger zone. They're the, they're, they're, these are the type of people who are going to be the most against Yiddishkeit, <coughs> against religion. They're the ones who are going to be taunting and making fun of because they crashed. They cry. Like Rabbi Nachman says in Sichot Aram, you have some elder Yidin, they see like a young guy starting davening of energy and they start mocking him and they say, you're going to fall like we fell. Hear that? You're going to fall like we fell also. And he said, that's wrong. Because Rabbi Nachman said to Rabbi Nachman, if I can't make it, at least let him make it. No, I can't make it, you can't make it. If I can't be a tzaddik, then you also can't be a tzaddik. No, no, it can't be. Because uh, I, I went to the exact same movements as you did. I didn't make it, and you're going to make it? No way, right? That's, that's, that's really, he said, that's true Avat Yisrael, where if I can't make it, at least let the, at least let the other guy make it. No, 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 I, I can't. This, this. So the plishtim are that type of people. Mefulash. It's just all light, and then they crash. It's mefulash on both ends. So they go up, whoop, and they go down on the whoop. <laughs> there's, no, there's no breakage. There's no bounce back. Or there is a bounce back, but they know how to take it. So they go down all the way. It's mefulash. It's open here, and it's open there. That's the whole problem, okay? So he went to Megayer Gerim. He went to make converts Zafkar and Plishtim. Meaning what? Yitzchak, his concern was to educate people after convincing them that there's a God in the world and there's Avodat Hashem, but to build the right kalim, not to be stuck in the mefulash attitude, but to know that I have to accept the setbacks. And that's the condition of the Pele. Okay? The Pele is, things are upside down. Things are upside down. Okay? That's the attitude of the Pele. And that's why Rabbi Nachman says, Anishmati Pele Gado. That's why people come to Brestov. How does the world look at people who come to Brestov? Ah, they're cuckoo, everything's upside down. It's true. We have upside down things. But that's because we're after the Pele. You, you're stuck in Pshat, Remiz, Drash, so you want to stay there? Okay, have your nice, fancy, schmancy Shabbos table. All your kids with the nice pants and y'all clean and everything. And everything's nice and everything Yiddish and Mame and everything's okay. Okay, you want to stay that way? Fine, because you chose to be in the domain of Pshat, Remiz, Drash, Sod. But in the end, you see it's not going to work out. Okay? We're looking for the Pele. We're looking for the Pele. Okay? That's why when we're after the Pele, there has to be bounces back. Mm -hmm. And the thing is how to accept them. How to accept them. And that's the message in this week's parasha. Eheyeh imecha. Ekeh. Keter's with you. Yitzhak. Because you have tzchok. Because you're happy. Because you're working on simcha more than anything else. That's what Rabbi Nachman said. He's not joking when he said mitzvah gedola. simcha tamid. He meant it. You know, the Litvaks is saying, what is it saying? What is it saying? Mitzvah Gedolah. I count all the target mitzvahs. I don't see once it says, Mitzvah Gedolah. Yes, my dear friend. Rabbi, said, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman said, Mitzvah Gedolah. You have Taryag Mitzvot. Stam, Mitzvot. They're all big, but they're called Mitzvot. Mitzvah Gedolah is a cup for the other 613. Where do you see that? Parashat Kitavo. Let's, let's I just have to go offside because this is really painful. Okay, no, no. <laughs> What happened on Simchat Torah? Okay, it was supposed to be the happy, it's supposed to be a happy day, right? If you notice, when did it happen? At Nets. Nets in Yerushalayim was 636. And all the stories we hear, when did they see the Arabs coming in? 630, at Nets. Like they didn't wait. From Shemaim, they waited for the day to start a Simchat Torah. When it's supposed to be the mitzvah, the Simcha is really big. Boom. And who, who do we hear about first that got hit? These young teenagers, these simple kids at this rave, rave festival, Nova, looking for simcha elsewhere. 
They say half of the kids there, the 3,000 people there, half of them were also kids who fell off the path. They weren't all just uh, secular Jews. There were also many kids who were brought up from, and they fell off. They were looking for Simcha in another place, okay? And then, taking hostages, girls, boys, children, okay? All this is in the Klalot of Parashat Kitavo. It says, Banecha, Uvnotecha, Bashivya, Bashevi, your children, your sons, and all taken. And then it says in the curses, in the middle of the 98 curses, what does it say there? All this will befall you. Tachat Asher, Loabadata, Tashem Elokecha, Besimcha. The Torah doesn't say, because you didn't serve Hashem, I'm punishing you. No. Because you didn't serve Hashem, Besimcha, you're getting punished. What in the world? Yes. Yes, what in the world? Because if now you're not besimcha in your Yiddishkeit, you're going to drop it. If someone's serving Hashem because I have to, my father told me, I have to, I have to. Such a person, when push gets to shove, he's going to drop everything. That's what happened in Ellis Island. When they came to North America, the Jews threw off the, 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 the boats, they threw off their tefillin and everything. Well, that's the expression that goes, right? They dropped it, they just threw out their Yiddishkeit. Why were the Jews so easily to let go of the Yiddishkeit when they came to North America? Because they suffered pogroms and pogroms and pogroms and everything was negative, negative. They didn't have breastlift. <laughs> they didn't have chassidut. They didn't have what who teaches told all to be besimcha so of course you're going to drop it and then the punishments come boom 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 tachat asher lo avatah shemakacha besimcha okay I went off a lot but um, the simcha Torah the message is clear that we got hit from the plishtim these Arabs are called plishtim okay and our weapon to fight back has to be besimcha because if we're sad they won Rav Nosen says the, the goyim what is their interest what do the Goim have in mind when they... The, what, what do the Nazis have in mind? And all these people who are against the Jews, what do they have in mind? They want to see us sad. I saw one video. I saw one video. of I think there was a big rally in Times Square. So you have the Palestinians. Like right after it happened. Two days after it happened. Right after, okay? So there's the Palestinians and some Jews with their Israeli flags. So the Arabs going like this. Cry, like they're making fun of the, the Jews who are rallying. Like they're making like, they're like oh, cry baby like that. Because that's what they want. I'm just thinking about that. Manasseh says that. That the whole mission of the Goim, like why, why were the Nazis not just enough, happy enough just to kill the Jews? Why did they have to humiliate them and embarrass them, put them to shame and make them feel bad? Because that's what they want. They want you to make you feel bad. What does it mean to make you feel bad? To make you feel sad. The Goim, they want us to be sad. What's our weapon? Simcha. How we can get out of this galut? Ki besimcha tetzeu. It's out of Simcha we come out. So if now you think what's happening in the world, that the world is like shaken up. I just, I was on the, I came back from Kever Rachel today and I got a lift from a couple who came all the way from Rishon Etzion where right now there's missiles non-stop. It became like the second Ashkelon in, the, in, in Eretz Yisrael now. They came to Davin, okay? And we asked him, how is it in Rosh Hashanah? He said, Habe'achdut, Habe'achdut. All the Jews are together now. The shuls are filled now, okay? But the attitude of the people, they're still like, there are Am Yisrael together, Am Yisrael Chai, but people are still sad. We have to work on the Simcha. The Simcha is the key, because Mashiach is going to come out of Simcha. You know it's the, it's the time when everyone's happy, that the Goyim are happy, and they're happy because of us, and they're happy to bring us back to Eretz Yisrael. That's the sign of the Geulah, Bezat Hashem. But it starts with us being B'Simcha. Tzchok, Yitzchak. With Tzchok, Ekiyah Emecha, Bavarachekah. This is also the Bracha for the Yishuvadat to have uh, defense mode against hyperactivity, to be calm, to be cool. That's what's needed, Bezat Hashem. We should be zochet to activate it with Bibing Bismillah, Bezat Hashem. Amen. Amen.